Hello, and welcome to the She Flourishes podcast, a weekly soul-stirring conversation that lifts you out of the funk and into the flourishing life, so you can live life as the best version of you. I'm your host, Brenda Jasmine. For the past 11 years, I've been coaching women and leading personal development workshops as a speaker and mindset coach. She Flourishes is an extension of those workshops and conversations and is designed to help you create the flourishing life that you were meant to live. Let's get started. Hello, it's Brenda here, and today I'm doing a solo episode of the She Flourishes podcast. And today is a really special day for two main reasons. One is that today is the United Nations International Day of Happiness. So every year on March 20th, we celebrate happiness. And today is also the, this is the 20th episode of the She Flourishes podcast. So March 20th, the 20th episode, the International Day of Happiness, I had to come on and do a bonus episode today to celebrate this really special day. And just to let you know a little bit about the International Day of Happiness. So, you know, there's National Donut Day and National, I don't know, Walk in a Park Day. But this is actually a UN-sanctioned event. So back in uh, 2011, the United Nations has adopted or decided to adopt happiness as a fundamental human goal. And as part of that, on June 28, 2012, the United Nations General Assembly proclaimed March 20th as the International Day of Happiness. So every year... Uh, people come together and they do different things. And so there's different organizations that celebrate. One of the organizations that uh, I've aligned myself with um, on previous United Nations International Day of Happiness Days is uh, with Live Happy, where we have been part of their campaign of these big orange happiness walls where we, uh, I've, you know, had a wall um where basically it doesn't have to be a full wall. It can be, you can do it in your home. It can be a bulletin board, but it's basically where people come and they they post on the wall what they will do to share their happiness or what they will do to make the world a happier place. So uh, that is a way that I have celebrated in the past. I've, you know, done I, one year, especially we did a huge happiness event with all these different happiness interventions. But really you can celebrate in your own personal way. Um, And I'm going to share with you today some ideas about how you can celebrate the International Day of Happiness. But also, I really want to share a little bit about the science of happiness, the science of well-being. And we're really talking here about not just that fleeting emotion of happiness, but that more deeper, uh, sustained, authentic happiness that we all really want to have in our lives. And, you know, here on the podcast, the She Flourishes podcast, we're talking all about flourishing. And the science of happiness really is the science of flourishing. And today's, or um, yeah, this year's theme actually for the International Day of Happiness is to be mindful, to be grateful, and to be kind. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, as well as, um, again, I'm going to share a little bit about the background and the science of happiness, because I, I just think today is it's, it's such an important topic and today is such a great day to talk about it. I also wanted to let you know that 
later today, there is the World Happiness Report is going to be coming out. So that's another big, um, you know, a, a big well-researched report that comes out every um or on on the International Day of Happiness every year. And so last year, uh, Finland topped the list. And so they were number one, and they've been number one for five years in a row now, followed by Denmark, Iceland, Switzerland, and the Netherlands. That, that was last year. And Canada, where I live, was ranked 15th last year. The U.S. was just behind us at 16 and the U.K. at 17. And unfortunately, uh, Canada has been moving down this list. And so, yes, we're still in the top 20, top 15, uh, but we were actually ranked in 2015, we were ranked number five. So, you know, the pandemic definitely has played a role in that. But even before the pandemic, our numbers were starting to go down um, in Canada. And they're still researching. There's there's a number of theories as to why that's happening. Um, but I think, you know, today, I just really want to talk about this because I think it's so important. And as Canadians, as, you know, citizens of the world, you know, we need to be really thinking about our own personal well-being and not from a selfish point of view, but to realize that, you know, when people are happier, when individuals are happier, communities thrive. And uh, so not only individuals thrive, but families thrive, communities thrive, uh, your province, your state, your whole nation can thrive. There's this whole ripple effect that happens. So it's, it is a really important day for many reasons. And it's an important thing for us to focus on, especially right now with the mental health crisis that is going on. We really do need to put things in place to protect our mental health. And I feel really, really strongly about that. So I want to talk about a little bit about positive psychology and a little bit about happiness. And I want you to have some takeaways. I want you to actually learn today some things you can do, not just today, but every day of the year, uh, every week of the year. What can you do to help boost your happiness and have that long lasting happiness that we all want to have? So first of all, I just want to tell you what positive psychology is and it really is the scientific study of optimal human functioning. So what positive psychology is all about, it kind of takes the self-help industry and science together, and it looks at what helps individuals and communities thrive. And there are six different pathways to flourishing, or you could say to well-being or happiness. And they are... Um, the way to remember them is called PERMA-V. And so the first, the P stands for positivity. So that's that thing we normally think about, that positive emotion, cheerfulness, you know, positive, um, you know, looking for the positive and uh, experiencing um, more positive emotions than negative emotions. So that's the P. Uh, and that's where a lot of people, they think, well, that's all, all it is. But actually, there's way more to it. So the second is engagement. And that's all about getting into that flow state, losing yourself, uh, becoming at one with the music, um, losing yourself in the moment, doing things that you love to do, whether it's a sport or music or art or your work. Um, 
it can be all different things for different people. And so that's engagement. And that's when you're using your strengths, when you're doing something you love, something you're passionate about, that's a pathway to flourishing. Another pathway, the R stands for relationships. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, But relationships are, from the research, we're learning that relationships are becoming more and more important as a pathway to flourishing. The M in the PERMA-V model of flourishing stands for meaning and purpose. And that's all about, you know, being connected to something bigger than ourselves, a greater cause or something that gives our lives purpose and makes us want to, you know, get up in the morning and uh, the things that, you know, make you want to give back. And and again, the things that make you come alive, but that really give you that deep, that deep meaning. And that's that, uh, what we call eudonomic happiness, which is where it's that deep lasting happiness as opposed to hedonic happiness, which is more, you know, the fleeting emotions that come with, you know, the things that bring us pleasure and joy, which again, is still great. And that all comes under the P of PERMA-V. Uh, but the meaning is that deeper, longer lasting happiness that we're talking about. The A in the PERMA-V model stands for achievement. And so that's all about how when we set goals and we achieve them and we have that sense of accomplishment, that's a pathway to flourishing. And then finally, the V stands for vitality. So that's all the things like our health, our wellness. Are we getting physical movement in? Are we eating healthy foods that boost our mood and that keep us feeling good and vibrant and energetic? It's, you know, getting a good night's sleep, um, having that health and vitality. And so PERMA-V, positivity, engagement, relationships, meaning achievement and vitality. Those are the six pathways to flourishing. And you don't need to do them all at once. You can just choose uh, different pathways from that model and you can look, go after, um, you know, and focus on those, uh, just one of them, and that will help or can help to increase your happiness. So there really is no one pathway. And before I get into some of the ways that we can be happier, you might be thinking, well, you know, isn't it selfish to be happier? Or, you know, why, why should I do this? And the research really does show that happier people are happy people are healthier. Uh, They get sick less often. They're more creative. They have more friends. They often make more money. And they also are philanthropic. So they're more likely to, you know, donate money to causes. They are more likely to be pro-social and altruistic. They're more likely to volunteer and give back. So, you know, some people, if you're thinking, oh, you know, it's selfish to be happy, it's actually not. It actually uh, helps you, but also helps the world as well and helps your community and the people around you. And oftentimes people will say to me, oh, Brenda, you just talk to people, you know, about being happy all the time. And that really isn't what positive psychology is about or the science of happiness or the science of flourishing. It really is about experiencing the full range of human emotions. So, you know, if I was here saying you should be happy all the time, um, that would be considered toxic positivity where, you know, no matter what happens, you know, someone says, just be positive. And that's actually not healthy. And that's, that's not what we're talking about. It's not something we're not, trying to be happy all the time. We really do. You know, we're meant to feel, yes, joy, pleasure, love, 
you know, all the emotions that come with happiness. We're we're meant to experience peace and joy, but we're also meant to experience anger and sadness and disappointment and even, you know, and boredom, which is kind of a neutral, (laughs) a neutral emotion, but that's normal and natural to experience all the emotions. And I love the quote by Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar and he talks about it as the permission to be human. So we're not talking about, you know, being happy all the time. We're talking about being human, but also looking at ways uh, to increase our happiness over time. And there are ways to do that. And one of the really uh, cool recent findings is that, and they used to say that, you know, so our happiness, we have, there's this sort of a happiness pie. Some people refer to it as a happiness pie or a life satisfaction pie where, um, you know, if you think of a pie graph or a pie chart, so made up of 100%, uh, they used to say that it was 50% of it, around 50% was based on our genetics. They're now, the most recent findings in the World Happiness Report, they're saying now with studies they've done on twins and families that probably about 40% of um, our happiness can be, you know, linked to our genetics. So, you know, some people are naturally, yes, happier than others or more predisposed to be happier than other people. That is true. However, that's only 40% of the picture. And they're now saying that uh, up to 60% can you know, other factors can affect your happiness. And, you know, these vary based on the studies you look at. A lot of what uh, most most of them will say that approximately around 10% of our life satisfaction is based on your life circumstances, your situation, where you were born, um, you know, the, the situation you find yourself in in life. And that leaves then a good 60% that is actually... Um, or sorry, 50% that is under your control. So, and even life circumstances can be under your control because you can, you know, do different things to change your life circumstances. So, um, you know, we're looking at a good chunk of what contributes to our happiness can actually be under our control, which is, this is the part I get super excited about because we can actually look at how we think, how we act, um, the ways we feel, we can have a direct impact on that in our own lives. It is controllable. And so we can look at, you know, what do we think? What do we feel? And what do we do and have an impact on our happiness that way? So that's the part that I think we, um, that is really helpful when we're looking at increasing our happiness. When people talk to me or ask me, you know, how can I be happier? How can I have that long lasting, sustainable um, feeling of fulfillment and really feel like I'm flourishing in my life my life, and have that sense of personal well-being? We can look at ways to do that, that are under that 40, 50%. One of the reasons that, you know, we kind of, one of the things we get tripped up on is we think, you know, there's this myth of happiness that we think, you know, when a certain thing in our life happens, I'll be happy then, I'll be happy when. So a lot of us think, okay, you know, uh, when I get into that school or when I graduate from that program, uh, when I find 
a romantic partner, when I, you know, get married, when I buy a house, when I get my dream career, when I win the lottery, when I lose the weight, when I retire, when I have kids, when my kids move out of the house. I mean, you can fill in the blank, whatever it is. Um, People will say, I will be happy when this happens. Unfortunately, that is actually not the case. Um, We think it is. We think, you know, that that's the be all and end all. But what happens, and humans are interesting, we actually do have a little spike in happiness when these things happen. But we and we think it's going to make us happy in the long term, but it doesn't. So we might get a little spike in happiness, but then we just go back down to our set point level of happiness. So this is called the hedonic treadmill, also known as hedonic adaptation. So it's the tendency of humans to return to a relatively stable level of happiness, despite having a positive event, even a major positive event, like getting married, um, having that happen in your life. It also works on the flip side. We also think that um, when something bad happens, that it's going to affect our happiness in a really negative way for a really long period of time. But the research shows also that we kind of adapt to that as well. So we might have a dip in our happiness where our happiness decreases, you know, after the death of a loved one or, you know, a, a life crisis when something happens in our life that's negative, a divorce, you know, a number of different negative uh, life events that happen that are definitely our happiness can dip down, but then we actually come back up again to this set point of happiness. And so it's interesting to me, it's kind of like, I remember hearing this about our weight, that we kind of have this set point of our our weight and how you know it can fluctuate, but we kind of have the set point. And what's interesting about happiness is that even though we have these fluctuations, what we can do is we actually can increase our set point over time, but it's not those major life events that make us lastingly happy or unhappy. Um, you know, we might predict that they will, but they don't. It's actually these daily things that we do. It's the daily habits that boost our happiness over time. So happiness and flourishing, it's actually a practice that helps us over time to boost our happiness. So what we need to do in order to be happier and increase that set point is to actively amp up the positive. So, and and this is counterintuitive. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, this is all well and good, Brenda, for you to say, you know, increase your happiness, but I'm always looking at the negative or, you know, I, I just see the bad and I, you know, and I'm not a Pollyanna, I'm not always looking for the good and, and I can, you know, you know, and it's important to look at at what can go wrong. And definitely, um, you know, we if a car swerves in front of us, we want to notice that, right? And we don't want to just be looking for the good. We do need to look for risks around us. The thing is, is our brain, that negativity bias that we have, our brain is hardwired um, for survival. So our brain it has on its default mode, our factory settings are to look for the negative. And because we're not wired to be happy, we're actually wired for survival. And so we actually do have to work at happiness. So when people say, oh, you're happy all the time. Well, one, I'm not happy all the time. And two, I do actively put 
things in place in my life to be happier. And you can too. This isn't rocket science and it's not just for people that study positive psychology for a living. It's it's for all of us. We can all increase our happiness. And there are some ways to do that. And so one of the things that, one of the powerhouse tools of happiness, and it sounds so simple, uh, but it's so, so powerful. And I found this in my own life and with my clients, and that is the power of gratitude. And there's actually this famous quote that I really love, and it's that, it's not happiness that brings us gratitude. It's gratitude that brings us happiness. And I love this quote because I think that so many people, again, it's that, you know, I'll be happy when good things happen. Instead of noticing the good things that are already happening around us right now. And so when we notice the good, that actually helps moving us from the negativity bias to actually starting. And when we look for the good, then we're not in this uh, downward spiral as Dr. Barbara Fredrickson calls it, where when we're always looking for the bad, it's easy to then look for the next bad thing and the next bad thing and the next bad thing. And they actually call it, it actually is a downward spiral. Whereas when you look for what's good, it sounds so simple, but it's when you start that practice of looking for what's good, you actually start these positive upward spirals of emotion. And then when you look, see one good thing, it helps you to see another good thing, but you really have to work at this. And so the first little tool that is a really, really powerful tool that I think on this International Day of Happiness that I want to share with you is the three good things activity. And this is by uh, Dr. Martin Seligman, who is the founding father, um, considered the founding father of positive psychology. He and his fellow researchers, they have done numerous studies and these studies have been replicated by other researchers as well, where if at the end of a week, it doesn't even have to be every day, you think about what are three good things that happened. So let's say, or even, you know, right now today, you could say, what are three good things that happened in the last 24 hours? And why did those three good things happen? And it can be so simple. It can be that I enjoyed a really nice hot cup of coffee this morning. And I got to enjoy it in peace. So it doesn't have to be, again, these really big things, but it's saying it's just looking for the good. And so it could be, yeah, that that cup of coffee. It could be, you know what? I bumped into a friend and we had the nicest conversation. Or, you know, I um, had a, a, or I called a friend or a friend called me and we had a great conversation. Or, you know, a customer at work or a team member at work, um, they said something, you know, they appreciated something that I did and that made me feel good. So these don't have to be really big things. They can be small things and it's taking the time to really appreciating them um, or taking the time to appreciate them and to be grateful for them. So simple, simple activity. It seems so simple that like, and I remember when I first heard this, when I was taking positive psychology and they said, gratitude was one of the number one <laughs> tools for happiness. I kind of, I was a little actually disappointed <laughs> to be honest, because I was like, really? Like, don't we learn that in Sunday school? Like, isn't that kind of what your grandmother teaches you, you know, to be grateful 
And I thought like, really, like this is the scientific evidence. This is, you know, what these researchers are spending all their time researching. And, um, and yeah, it actually my and I remember my prof said, you know, and, and, and this is actually something I have naturally practiced in my life or I've been taught to practice. And so I think uh, for me, it just seemed, um, I don't know, it just didn't seem like rocket science or like, like I should, and I know it's not rocket science, but it didn't seem like uh, it would be so powerful. But when I look at the research and now every year I run this gratitude challenge and it really does work and it really is powerful and it's so simple to add to our lives. So uh, the three good things and why they happened, um, the why they happened part, I don't think I've mentioned that yet, sorry. Um, it take, It's also good to say, so, you know, this good thing happened in my life and then why did it happen? And so you might say, oh, you know, I went out for dinner with a friend. So actually just a couple of days ago, I went out for dinner, uh, it was my friend's birthday and I said, let's go out for dinner. And it was amazing. And we had such a beautiful, heartfelt conversation. And I just, you know, came home and felt so, so great and so fulfilled after spending time with my friend. And well, why did it happen? Because, you know, I took the time to, um, to arrange it and say, hey, let's go out, let's celebrate your birthday. And she said, yes. And, and I, we took the time to celebrate and to put that on the calendar. So it's also important to think about why did something happen? Because that also helps you to kind of show how you can create more good things in your life as well. So that's the three good things and why they happened. Super powerful tool. And the next tool that I want to share with you is, um, and this is kind of, this one you can actually do a few different things with it, but it's kind, I'm kind of going to put a few different things together. So spending time in nature actually is has been shown to increase our happiness. So spending time outside, spending time with other people, with, with people who lift us up, with a, a good friend or a family member or a loved one, that is another way to boost your happiness. And so... One of the things that I really recommend you do on this happiness day and any day of the year, if you want to boost your happiness, is call a friend and go somewhere with them outside. And then the third thing is if you're walking, if you go for a walk or you go for a hike and you're out in nature and you're with a a friend, those three things are a great way to boost your happiness because all three of those things individually boost your happiness. So being in nature helps. Uh, being with a friend, talking to a friend uh, is a happiness booster. And physical exercise is a happiness booster. So it's like, you know, the triple threat if you do all three. So uh, go for a walk outside with a friend. Um, that is like a, a huge happiness boost. So I really uh, recommend that you do that. And so that really gets at, at a few different things. Or if you can't do all three of them at once, even if you just did one of those things, that would really be a great thing to do. Another thing you can do is, um, and remember the theme this year is be mindful, be grateful, and be kind. So acts of kindness is something else that you can do. Again, it's something that it just sounds so like almost, um, you know, just so simple, right? And yet the research again shows just how powerful kindness can be. And so taking the time to uh, perform um, not random acts of kindness, but intentional acts of kindness. And so 
one of the things that uh, the research shows is that when you do a whole bunch of acts of kindness in a day, it actually boosts your happiness more than if you do like, if you say every day, um, I'm going to do one act of kindness, if you do a whole bunch in a day. So another great way to celebrate the International Day of Happiness is to uh, intentionally do five intentional acts of kindness. And so this could be, you know, feeding a, a stranger's parking meter. Um, I know here in our city, that doesn't always work now because the meters don't show anything, but we all, cause it's all done online. So that doesn't always work. But if it's one of those old fashioned ones that you put the coins in, if you notice someone's parking meter has expired, you could put a coin in it or you could, you know, donate blood is another act of kindness. Um, helping a friend with, um, with something that they need help with, or if you have a friend that, you know, hasn't been well or has been feeling down, maybe there's something kind you could do. Um, you know, putting a, a note, uh, a letter, like an old fashioned snail mail letter in the mail, um, you know, telling someone that you're thinking of them or, you know, just like a, just because kind of a, a card that you could, you could send to someone. Um, these are just some little things you can do, or even just taking the time to look people in the eye and smile, or when you're out doing your daily activities to open the door for other people. And I tell you, like, since the pandemic, people, you know, people are on edge, people are stressed, right? And so these acts of kindness right now they go a really long way, like taking a minute, opening a door for someone. I was at the grocery store yesterday and this woman and I, were, we were, you know, getting our carts at the same time. And I just took a moment and I just sort of said, oh, you go ahead, you know, and, and she looked truly grateful. Like I didn't try, you know, and I could have, I could have grabbed my cart and just <laughs> kind of got going, but I took the time and I acknowledged her and, you know, said, you go ahead. And I think it's these little tiny things that we do. They not only help the other person, but they help you too. They help you to feel good about yourself. And there's even research now that shows that when someone else witnesses your act of kindness, they're more likely, like their happiness is boosted and they're more likely to pay it forward um, if they see kindness or if they're a recipient of a, a kind activity they will will go and do something kind as well. So um, the other thing that's really important is variety. Uh, what they find is that if you do the same act of kindness over and over again, it doesn't have the same impact. And so try and do um, different things. So look for ways, look for ways, novel and new ways that you can perform intentional acts of kindness. So that is another great way to celebrate the day. And another thing that I want to recommend is we talked a bit about relationships when I talked about going for a walk. Um, but one of the things that we can do to really increase our happiness, I mentioned earlier that more and more research is showing that relationships really is um, that can have a huge impact. And some of you may have heard of this study. It's this uh, adult development study that is uh, it's this ongoing longitudinal study that is being done through Harvard. And this study has been going on now for 75 years. It's incredible. And what they've been doing is they've been following um, a group of men for 75 years. And so 
one group of men, they were uh, students, um, sophomores at Harvard. And uh, 75 years ago, they started studying them. So these guys were 19 years old. They also took a group of inner city uh, youth uh, from Boston. So same age, like men, 19 years old, and they have studied them over the past 75 years. And the study is, uh, it's really a landmark study because it's gone on for so long. And so what they've looked at is over time, they're qu- the question they've asked is what contributes most to an individual's health and happiness? And to be able to actually get a snapshot of, you know, they interview them every two years. And they look at, and, and you know, a number of them uh, have since passed on um, because of their age. And now they're looking at their children and grandchildren. But what they found with the men in this study is that the number one predictor of a healthy and happy life is relationships. And they said that even when they went back and looked at, you know, their cholesterol level, so they actually looked at at not only their psychological components, but they looked at their physical health and they said that, you know, your um, health and happiness, that your cholesterol level at 50 had less impact on your health and happiness uh, later in life, I think it was at 80, um, than the quality of your relationships. And I, to me, that's huge. Like, I just can't get over that. And so the research shows, like, and it doesn't mean you have tons and tons of, you know, people in your life. It, it's quality more than quantity. So it's knowing that there's people in your life that you can lean on. And it doesn't have to be a romantic partnership it, or relationship. It can be friends. It can be family but it's knowing that you have people you can count on, people that you enjoy spending time with. And so one of the things I really recommend for the International Day of Happiness, another way to celebrate is to think about what can you do today to improve a relationship in your life? What can you do to let someone know how much you love them and care about them and, you know, Again, it can be a phone call. It can be, hey, let's go for a walk. It can be uh, that you do something kind for that loved one, that person you want to um, improve the relationship with. So I really recommend that you do that. And another really cool thing about relationships that another piece of research that came out that I was so intrigued by was that they did this study where it doesn't even have to be people that you know. Um, you can actually boost your happiness by having these micro moments of connection with people in your life. So it could even be, and, and this is the study they did, they they had people go into a Starbucks and they said to some of the people, they said, just go in and get your coffee and come out and be as efficient as you can. And to another group, they said, go in and get your coffee and make a connection with the barista. So when you're in there, you know, like, you know, have a little chat, like small talk, whatever it is, but, you know, try and have a connection. And what they found is that the people who took the time to connect with the person serving them coffee, um, they came out and they felt happier than the people that were told to just go in and out um, of the coffee shop and be as efficient as you can. And 
And so, you know, that can be even just as you go about your daily round, you know, just connecting with people, uh, making small talk, actually, believe it or not, like, you know, when you're in the elevator um, or you're around people just to try and have those heart to heart connections. And it really does help. Um, we have a, our vagus nerve, which is connected um, from the base of our, our brain to our stomach. Um, and it helps our heart health actually, um, when we stimulate this nerve and one way of doing that is through these micro moments of connection. So, um, so there's just so many different ways that we can boost our happiness. And I know they all sound so simple, right? They like, you, you might be sitting there going, really, Brenda, like, really, these are, these are the big things. And the big things, the little things really are the big things when it comes to our happiness and positive psychology. And, and a lot of these things, you know, we might've learned when we were younger, but we've forgotten about, or we don't really realize how important they are. And because sometimes we don't realize how important they are, we kind of let them go. We think, oh, that's not, you know, that's not such a big deal. That's not is what's going to make me happier. I need to do this really, you know, this other thing over here. But it really is these little daily practices, these things that we do that can help over time to increase our happiness. And uh, I also want to share with you a quote, uh, one of my favorite positive psychology researchers. Um, one of, again, one of the founding fathers of positive psychology is Dr. Christopher Peterson. And he has this famous uh, lecture that he gave. He's from the University of Michigan, or he, he was, unfortunately, he's since passed. Um, but he says to people, um, you can listen to me for the next hour, or you can listen to me for the next five seconds, and I'll tell you what positive psychology is all about. It's, and he said, I can tell it to you in three words. And those three words are other people matter. Other people matter. And again, I think that <clears throat> goes to that whole side of the whole thing with uh, relationships, right? And it's thinking, you know, knowing that other people matter and it's those little things that we do every day that can make a difference. So on today, this International Day of Happiness, I invite you to try out one of these practices. I invite you to think about the three good things in your life uh, and write them down. I, and or three good things that happened in the last 24 hours. I invite you to, you know, call a friend, go out for a walk in nature, spend some time together, or, or at least get it on the calendar that you're going to do that in the next few days. Practice some intentional acts of kindness. Ideally, if you can do at least five of them today, that's going to be a happiness booster. I encourage you to, uh, do something for one of the relationships in your in your life. So whether it's with a loved one, what are you going to do to uh, let that person know how much you care and love about the, love how much you care about them and how much you love them, or even in your daily round, making those micro moments of connection with people around you. Um, so those are some things that I'm going to leave you with today. And Remember, and also with the being mindful, all of this is just being mindful, being intentional about the things that you can do to increase your happiness and it'll have that ripple effect on other people. So this year's theme is be mindful, be grateful, be kind. And I encourage you to go out and do that. And if you want to know more and want to learn more, 
I actually have a free guide on the seven ways to be happier in uncertain times. And you can actually download that guide. I'm going to uh, put it in the show notes and you can get that. It's a 20 page guide and there's actually even some little worksheets there about what you can do to be happier. So if you want to download that, you can actually go to brendajasmine.cartra.com. So Brenda Jasmine, it has no E dot Kartra, K-A-R-T-R-A dot com forward slash page forward slash happier. I will also put that in the show notes and you can click on that and you can download a 20 page guide on how to be happier in uncertain times. And that will give you seven ways actually to do that. So you'll have more things that you can work on. And there's a great little poster in there too on the seven ways to be happier that you can post on your fridge or on a bulletin board. And that's something you could print out um, for you or you know put it up at work or, um, or at home as a way to remind other people of ways that they can be happier. And that could be a little, another little thing you do to celebrate happiness day. Another thing you can do is, um, you know, put up a, a wall or a board in your office or at home or even around the dinner table tonight and just say, hey, you know, what's the one thing you're going to do to make uh, the world a happier place? Or how are you going to share your happiness with others? Because the world really, really does need it right now. And I just want to thank you for listening today. I want to thank you for being part of my community, for those of you that have been following along, and for those of that you are of you that are new to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. And I just um, also want to say, some people have been asking me when they run into me, or when I see friends, you know, how are things going with the podcast? And I just want to say, this has been such a wonderful um, project, such a wonderful I've just been so enjoying hearing from all of you. I've been enjoying the interviews and uh, it's just been amazing. So thank you so much, uh, so much for listening and for your comments. And uh, so many of you have subscribed. You've, uh, so many of you have um, been rating it on uh, Apple and Spotify and all the different platforms and writing your reviews. And, And if you haven't subscribed or rated it or written a review yet, please go and do that because every little bit helps uh, more people to find out and uh, we can all help share um, and help more people flourish in the world and help have that ripple effect of happiness. So thank you so much and go out and have a wonderful international day of happiness. Thanks for listening to the She Flourishes podcast. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep on creating the flourishing life you deserve. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would benefit from it. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you're listening. To learn more about how you can live a flourishing life, head over to brendajasmine.com or follow me on Instagram at underscore brendajasmine. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, keep on sharing your gifts with the world. See you soon.